Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through his ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber and Pastor Mike is with me as well. How's it going, Mike? Doing well by the grace of God. Good to be with you today, Winston. Amen. Glad to be with you. So the topic that we have today, Mike, I kind of wanted to surprise you with this one. You know why? Hit me. Because today we're going to talk about responding to tragedy. And how often do you have time to plan on responding to tragedy, Mike? You don't get to plan ahead, really. I mean, you. I think you go through your whole life as a Christian bracing yourself for what might happen. I think not in fear, but just saying, you know what, you got to be ready for anything. Yeah, and that is why I wanted to talk to you about this. How can we as a church, we're going to do this in, in two phases. Okay. How can we as a church be prepared for when tragedy strikes, not only in our personal lives, but also as a church body, maybe uh, as a community, a local community, but branching out a little bit further than that, how can we respond when tragedy strikes? Okay. So those are the two things that I kind of want to talk to you about. Great. Let's do it. So on our first topic, when we are preparing for tragedy, what does that look like? Because, I mean... God loves us, right? And he Mm -hmm. wants the best for us, right? Romans 8 clearly says he has good things for us, right? So when tragedy strikes, it it can be a little disheartening because we know those things are true, but how does that play out when tragedy does strike? That's a great question, Winston. I think first we have to take a step back and say, so what is tragedy? Because, you know, one person's tragedy is another person's, you know, good day. So, we're not talking about, you know, getting a flat tire on your car. We're not talking about, you know, your dog getting sick. We're talking about probably a death in your family. Yeah. We're talking about a an severe illness. Severe or... illness. Something happens spur of the moment. Maybe you're shocked by a phone call where one of your parents is dying or uh, your cousin just got in a bad auto accident. But I think that the idea of tragedy really is something happens that you weren't expecting, right? And it's a surprise to you. And it's something big and it's something, it's something life altering. It's basically everything stops right then. Your schedule is put on hold. Everything you had planned for the rest of the day, you're not doing. Now you're focused on that. So let's get that one straight in our minds. It's, that's what we're talking about. The moment that everything stops and the calendar gets cleared. First Peter chapter four will help us here. Because Peter says to the believers, don't be surprised. So the idea that you can't necessarily plan for tragedy, but you can prepare yourself for it. And I think the first thing is, don't be surprised. And Peter said, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that comes upon you for your testing. There's going to be extreme persecution come your way. They weren't to be cowering in a corner somewhere. They weren't to be afraid. They weren't to be fearful. They were to be ready. He says, don't act as though some strange thing were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you also may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And then he goes through some things. Being insulted for the name of Christ. You're blessed because the spirit of glory and God rests on you. But don't suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in that name. And it might seem like I'm going off topic a little bit because this means persecution coming at you, right? And what do you do to respond to that? Tragedy might not be anything to do with 
you being a Christian. It just happens to be that you're going through it as a Christian. And so you don't want to overreact. And I think the not be surprised thing is important because life isn't always a walk in the park or a trip to Disneyland or a vacation. Sometimes it's really grueling and sometimes it's really shocking. So a tragedy The first thing I think you have to say is, I'm not going to be surprised when it strikes. We know tragedy strikes, and it comes without warning. And often you see it all the time around you here in daily life. You see it in the Bible where a tragedy will strike. And so it's. I think it's being the kind of people that are ready to handle anything, knowing that we're not strong enough to handle everything. Mm, Yeah, so it starts with not being surprised having an idea of the tragedies that will come in life, mm-hmm. but then it it shifts, right? Is there more that we can be doing on being prepared for tragedy? We have we know it's going to happen, but do we just sit there and take it, or is there a, a way to kind of gear ourselves up for mm-hmm. it? So this might sound funny, but I think you just do what Christians are supposed to do every day, and that gets you ready for what's next. So you you stay faithful in the ordinary things. You stay faithful in the simple things. You depend on the Lord. You trust in Him and not your own understanding. You open up the Word each day and keep your nose in the book. You pray dependently. You fellowship with other Christians. Think about it. Those that don't fellowship with other Christians and that don't fellowship with God, when tragedy strikes, they're left somewhat bereft. They're left alone. They don't have anyone to call. So think about it. Who are your friends? Who would you call when tragedy strikes? Who's going to go pick up your kids at the school? Or who's going to go and take care of your dog while you're gone as you take off or whatever? You know, who's going to help you? And who are you going to call in that moment of tragedy to help you? And it could be with something very practical. It could be something very uh, significant in terms of walking with you in that time. Yeah. And I think of it kind of like a firefighter preparing for, you know, mm-hmm. what he's about to go and see, right? You talk to, we have a few firefighters here, and you, know, you talk to them about their stories, and they're never quite prepared for right. what they're about to roll up on, because they right. could roll up on, you know, somebody just had a water main break, and, you know, they're cleaning up water for an hour. You know, that's one reality of firefighters, but mm-hmm. then there's the other reality of them coming alongside a motorcycle accident on the freeway. Right. You can't really prepare yourself for that, even though you know this is going to happen at some point. But what Mm -hmm. you do is you expect it to come. You make a plan of how am I going to deal with it in the moment, Mm -hmm. and then how am I going to deal with it later. And kind of what you're talking about, preparing, you know, working out those muscles of having a commitment with brothers and sisters in the church who are going to come around you and you're going to come around them when those tragedies strike. It makes the experience be less of a blow than it would be. Right. And for example, talking about working out those muscles, if you're if you're praying all the time, your reflex will be to pray mm-hmm. when tragedy strikes. If you're reading the word all the time, your reflex will be to Open up the word when tragedy strikes. Romans 8 tells us, Nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So not just looking forward to it, but basically know that you are kept in Christ. A Christian has the most assurance of anyone on the planet. And so we are kept because of Jesus. We're kept for Jesus. And so even in tragedy, he will hold me fast, right? Psalm 46 
It tells us that God is our refuge and strength, a very help in time of trouble. So again, if you're going to him as your refuge and strength all the time, and you know he's always with you, then you have that settled assurance that in the time of trouble, in the day of trouble, he is your refuge and strength. He isn't just your refuge and strength in trouble. He's your refuge and strength all day long. That's right. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then this refrain that is repeated in this psalm several times, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob, the faithful one, is our fortress. So be still, relax, let go, yield, and know that I am God. Yeah, and that is where we want to focus. Mm -hmm. We need to be building and training every day for what is going to come because there's a a saying in the army that you do not rise to the level of the occasion, but you fall to the level of your training. Hmm. And that is certainly true in this instance. Mm -hmm. If we are constantly going to the Lord in prayer, then it'll be our natural reflex. Those reflex muscles will just kick in when we are in dire tragedy. That's right. What did Jesus say in John 16, 1? All the things he had said to them about the Holy Spirit helping them in their moment of need. He said, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Like you're going to be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. I'm going to see you again. No one will take your joy from you. You know, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Those are the things that, that steal our soul. And I don't mean take our soul away. I mean, I mean, strengthen our soul like tungsten steel, right? God just builds substance into our soul. And, and whether the world hates us, whether we have tragedy after tragedy that just rips your heart out, God is with us. We are secure. Our home is in heaven. And this is not all there is. Mm. Tragedies, you know, do rock us to the soul. And if you think about it, you know, our emergency personnel, our firefighters, our police, our medical professionals, they see tragedy all the time. We're not used to it. Every time we see it, it shocks us. And, you know, you go into, some people go into cleanup mode right away. They go into helper mode or they go into triage mode. And that's kind of what you do in those reflex moments. You you go do what needs to be done. But we got to remember these things. Don't be don't be afraid. Don't be surprised. Um, don't think you're alone. So then we've talked about basically how to respond when tragedy affects your own life. But now shift it a little bit to how should we be preparing for tragedy that affects others in the church? Well, the first thing we need to do is remember what the Bible instructs us to do in terms of the one another's in the Bible, especially Galatians, where it says, bear one another's burdens, right? Bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6, 2, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that's an interesting thing because verse 5 of the same chapter says, for each will have to bear his own load. And you look at that and you're like, well, wait a minute. Verse 5 says, bear your own load. Verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens. How so? Verse 5 is talking about your normal cargo of daily life. Everybody carry their own backpack. Verse 2 is speaking of the overload, the burden. Okay, That's not the load. That's not the regular cargo. That's the thing that's going to crush you and break your back. Now bear that together. And so we have a responsibility. Paul says we have a responsibility to help the weak. 
We have a responsibility to one another. And so this is an important thing to know that we rally to each other's help. Do you remember in the story of Nehemiah and they're rebuilding the wall? And they're building with a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. So they're watching their back for their enemies that are trying to attack them and keep them from rebuilding the wall. And they're building. But they're they're side by side, shoulder to shoulder, watching each other. And it says, when you hear the trumpet, rally to us there. Like if, if there's going to be a breach in the wall or there's going to be a person that's attacking someone right there, they're going to rally to each other. And I think that's what Christians are supposed to do. Rally to one another's help to one another's aid. Yeah, and that's kind of that idea of being prepared of, yes, you are building, you're focused on your own work, but you also have that sword ready to defend, ready to go to war when that tragedy strikes, right? Absolutely. We're supposed to be helping one another for for each other's good, not for our own primary good. Think of others as more important than yourself and things like that. Yeah, so now that we know how to be prepared for tragedy. Let's get into the the nitty-gritty, the the down and dirty of what it means to actually respond to this tragedy. So, in that moment, you get the call, your wife's been in an accident. What do you do? That very moment you pray. The the moment you hear, you pray. And then you go. You go to wherever you need to go. You rally whatever help you need to to get and you go to the hospital. You go to the scene. I had a situation where, by the grace of God, it wasn't horrendous and it wasn't tragic, but we got a call that one of our kids was in an auto accident. And so I immediately dropped everything, left a group that I was meeting with, and went straight to the scene. My daughter was okay. The person who hit her was okay. But it was a scary thing because here I am coming up to an intersection and I see flashing lights and I see two cars. I don't know what's going on. I'm just told your daughter has been in a car accident. I know nothing else. So at that moment, you just go. If it's someone that's not in your family, like we say to pastoral staff all the time, elders and pastoral staff and deacons and deaconesses, we do this all the time. You just go. You just show up at the hospital. And oftentimes, we're really called to be like Job's friends. We just silently sit there. We put our arm around them. We greet them. We don't feel like we have to come up with all this really great stuff to say because the thing they're going to remember is that you were there in their time of need. Now, rarely, if ever, will we be the one that's called to deliver the baby or do the CPR or, you know, do the triage in the moment in a car accident or something like that. Usually we're coming peripherally and now what, what we're called to do is not take over the situation be a support or a strength to whatever is needed at that moment. Like someone, you see someone in the room, like I've been in the hospital room so many times and someone's about to die and you, you, you know, multiple family members and friends, there's other people there too. So you just go up to a certain people and just stand there with them, put your arm around them. Maybe they look to you. And so you say, well, let's pray or let's open up the Bible. I think it's important for Christians to show up with Bible in hand, whether that's on your phone or whether that's a hard copy Bible. If you're in pastoral ministry, whether that's volunteer, you know, they're going to expect you to have Bible in hand and be ready to pray and read the word. And so be ready to be called upon to point people to depend upon the Lord in that moment. That's right. And that goes back to your whole idea of Nehemiah, Mm -hmm. trial in hand, drop that, but you have your sword ready to go in hand. That's right. Well, Mike, this has been really helpful. I really appreciate that. We know that we can 
be prepared for when tragedy strikes. We shouldn't be surprised, but instead we should be ready to respond and go to the one who does carry everything for us. We cast our cares upon him even in that very moment. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, thanks again, Mike. You're welcome. It's a privilege to be here today talking, and I hope that this was helpful to our listeners. And just know that we're praying for you, that we would all be ready in the time of trouble to look to the Lord and to give help to fellow believers and to all people. Amen. And you know what? If you'd like to contact us, maybe talk about those things that we can be praying for you. We love getting those emails. So go ahead and send that to us. If you have another question, if you have a topic suggestion for another podcast, just go ahead and send those to us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com and we'll try to respond to you there and also maybe even turn it into an episode. We hope that you'll join us next Thursday as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary.